towards the vengeance of God. Are we supposed to help God carry out his vengeances? When do we expect God's acts of vengeance? Can we facilitate these acts of vengeance from the Lord? These and several more questions are addressed on this morning's episode as we take our times and listen to a message propounded and shared by Brother Nelson Anjadi. Stay connected and be blessed. Vengeance or revenge or avengement as a simple English terminologies that actually refers to the act of retaining evil for an evil that was inflicted upon you by someone. And it is a situation where you try to take up an act of retaliation and causing it back onto the retaliator so to them or, or speak however there are two basic ways of doing it you either use the natural way which is taking the act up by yourself avenging for your own self or avenging on behalf of somebody else or you let god carry out that act of vengeance for you which of these two does the bible approve of the bible's approval is for the latter which is you allow god to carry out his act of vengeance on your behalf you don't do it on your own you you are likely to lose you may bring you know uh, uh, more harm on, upon yourself you may hurt yourself more in the process you, you, it is very likely you would be overcome by evil if you go all throughout ignoring god no don't take it up by yourself it's painful it hurts it's 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 disappointing it's really really tarnishing image tarnishing but then you have to go through the process sometimes the 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 the, the evil that the, the the meant to carry out god uses it for our good so you allow the time you allow the moment and rather give it to the lord yes you are going through pains hates and moments of frustrations and disappointments because probably you have lost certain things i mean in course of it all but then you give it to god let god carry out his vengeance the way he does it is going to be more severe than the way you can do it the way and manner he's going to inflict back that particular act of vengeance is going to carry it out on your behalf it will be far more far weightier than what you can do on your own self for yourself and so you let god carry out this act of vengeance let us look at a few more scriptures to to buttress this point a uh, first one should be taken from uh, romans chapter 12 verse uh, 17 Romans 12 verse 17 we are reading from good news translation if someone has done you wrong do not repay him with a wrong try to do what everyone considers to be good 
Do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. Never take revenge, my friends, but instead let God's anger do it. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay back, says the Lord, or says the Lord. So God says he himself will revenge, he himself will avenge for you. Verse 20, instead, as the scripture says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them a drink. For by doing this, you will make them born with shame. Do not let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. Uh, this is very enlightening. This is quite remarkable. The very last verse in this chapter, do not let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. How do we conquer evil? How do we conquer evil? We conquer evil with good. We conquer evil with good. We conquer evil with good. And so, before we even delve further, we are beginning to unearth some of the secret ways by which we facilitate vengeance. And one biggest key is conquering evil with good. Never carrying it up by yourself. Never retaliating. Never, you know, facing the person, you know, going to have facial encounter with the person. No, do not present yourself. You may hurt yourself in the process. Leave it to God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. The way he does it, it will surprise you. It, it may be taking time, but when he's finally through, you know that God's act of vengeance is really far weightier and heavier than human's own acts of vengeance. Glory to God. And let us also look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. Still reading from King, uh, Good News Translation. Good News Translation. Proverbs 20, verse 22. Don't take it on yourself to repay a wrong. Do not take it upon yourself to repay a wrong. It says, trust the Lord. Do not take it upon yourself to repay a wrong. Thank you, Lord. 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 I, I love the, the way it you know this version puts it. He says, "Do not." He says, "Do not." It's an instruction. Do not take it upon yourself to repay a wrong. Do not. It is very tempting. It is very urgent. It is very pushing. It is indeed, um, 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 <laughs> it is indeed really, really, you know, tempting and hurting. But then the Lord says, "Hold yourself. Calm down. Trust in Him." And you make it right. You make it right. You not only avenge for you, you make it right. Look at this. Look at this. He says, You make you you make it right. You make the wrong rights. Oh, Kayali Rusatilibrahani. Good news translation. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20. Don't take it on yourself to repay a wrong. He says, Trust the Lord, and He will make it right. He will not only avenge for you, you make it right. You make it right. I feel the anointing so strong. Verse 23, the Lord hates people who use dishonest skills and wits. So don't take it upon yourself to repay a wrong. That is, that is what we are looking at. Verse 22, chapter 20 of Proverbs. Don't take it upon yourself to repay a wrong. He says, trust the Lord and you will make it right. Trust the Lord and he will avenge for you. He will make it right. Let's, let's look at how Amplified puts it. Amplified version, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait expectantly for the Lord, and He will rescue and save you. You, I'm filled with anointing, brothers and sisters. You rescue you and save you. You rescue you and save you. Maybe you have lost money in the process. Maybe you have lost good image in the process. Maybe you have you have really, really lost a lot of substances in the process. But the Lord says, I will not only avenge for you. I will not only retaliate for you. I will not only pay back for you. He says, look, I will make sure I right the wrong. I straighten the crooked path. I will make sure I, I restore that which you lost. I will make sure that which you deserve is given back to you. I will make sure if it is your own, you really get it back. I will make sure if that thing that you lost in the process was not supposed to be so, you rightly deserve it and you have it back. He says, I will right the wrong. I will not only avenge. Now, this is the difference. If you go up and take up the, the, the act of vengeance by yourself, for yourself, it cannot equal God's reward and God's way of doing it. It can never equal it. It will be far lesser than it. It cannot equal it. You may end up, you know, retaliating the person. You may end up, you know, hurting the person. You may end up doing something wrong. I mean, uh, some wrong thing to the person. But then, it cannot commensurate with God's act of vengeance. God will not only avenge for you. You, you will make sure that which you deserve, you are granted it. Oh, glory to God. So, that's all the Bible approves. That we do not take up these acts of vengeance on our own. But then we should let God have his course. And when we allow him to do, he will not only avenge for us, he will grant us that which we rightfully deserve. Glory to God. Now, i like us to know, you know, it, it, it is something, vengeance, most people say just for, for, forget and forgive, or forgive and forget. But i like you to know that whether you the offendee or the offended, you, you 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 forgive or not the troubler or the one who actually caused it who, re, who really hates you is still in trouble when you forgive it is for your own good the forgiver has free heart has nothing heavy in his or her heart the forgiver will go about enjoying his life it is hard to forgive but when he successfully forgives the the, the offender he's he's okay or she's okay that person will enjoy life to the fullest but then it doesn't mean forgiving the person doesn't mean that the, the, the offender is free. It, it never, the Bible never says that the offender is freed by the offended's act of forgiveness. No. It rather worsens his case. And I'll prove it to you in a moment. Forgiving the offender rather worsens his case. This is going to be proved in just a twinkle of uh, uh, eye right now. So we can either in John chapter 20, verse 23, it says, Whoever sin you hold is held against the person. John 20, verse 23. Whoever sin you hold is held. And when you when you forgive the person, the person is forgiven. But then, like I said, the person may be forgiven, all right. However, that person is bound to be paid back whatever is due him for whatever that fellow did. He certainly or she's certainly going to enjoy the result or suffer the result thereof even though God forgives. This is very, very critical. Now, 
Again, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, you recall how that the Lord says, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. The same thing is repeated in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. It says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth is loose in heaven. You, 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 you are not expected to go use any cable or any physical rope in binding anybody by, by just holding the person in your heart and, and, and always, you know, you know, expecting something to happen to the person. You are holding that person and you are binding that person. The Bible says, whatever you, you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loosed in heaven. If you refuse to forgive the person's sin, you have actually bound that person. Now, but like I said earlier on, you living freely with the person, you forgiving the person is more of an advantage and merit to you than to the offender. Your heart will be free. You may not attract any kind of disease associated with uh, unforgiveness. You would live your life so freely. But then the offender is still in trouble. And that I promise proving to you. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 38 quickly. Matthew 5 verse 38. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 3, 8. This already says in uh, Amplified. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Punishment that fears the offense. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person who insults you or violates your rights. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other toward him also. Simply ignore insignificant insults or trivial loss losses and do not bother to retaliate maintain your dignity your self-respect your poise hallelujah now oh, I, I i i when i study this scripture matthew chapter 5 verse 38 reading reading through to 39 when i studied it i asked a lot of questions myself why the lord access to turn the other side of the cheek to the one who slapped it for him or her to slap again and I, I came up with this revelation by the help of the Spirit. You have heard that, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But now I tell you, verse 39, but now I tell you, do not take revenge on someone who wrongs you. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, let him slap your left cheek too. Let the person slap your left cheek. Now, this is what the Lord is saying indirectly, which the Spirit opened my eye to. The reason why the Lord says, give the second cheek to the person to, to also slap, is this. Whatever they do will be multiplied back onto them later. So if you just allow that fellow to, to slap one, one may not be enough when his time of, of, of vengeance from the Lord comes. Because the Lord does not give exactly what the fellow gives you. It will be multiplied. You heard it in that scripture where the prophet, the prophet said, he said, if you, if, if, if you sow the wind, you reap the, the whirlwind in return. So whatever wind you are sowing, the quantum is going to be multiplied back onto you. This is why the Lord, I believe, says when they slap you on one cheek, then the other for it to also be slapped slapped so that it will become two cheeks slapped then when it is his turn to receive his, his, his turn of slaps now they will multiply it by two glory to god so the lord says do not take up any when the person slaps you do not try to slap the person back turn the other side for him to slap again 
Because his, his or her time is coming. For sure, his or her time is coming. And this one is from the Lord. Hallelujah. You trust me? I mean, that the Lord's act of vengeance is always severer, is always weightier, is always uh, 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 more hurting than the judgments of men. Therefore, do not take it up yourself. Do not. You may forgive or forgive not, but be rest assured, the offender is never free until the Lord exacts his acts of vengeance. His acts of vengeance. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21 to 22. Proverbs 20, verse 21 to 22. We are looking at... Uh, Proverbs chapter 25, sorry, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21 to 22. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them a drink. You will make them born with shame, and the Lord will reward you. So, you see, this is how we, 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 we overcome evil with good. I'd like us to look at this particular scripture from another version here, probably um, easy version. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 22. He says, um, verse 21, reading first from verse 21, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he needs a drink, give it to him. You will make him ashamed and the Lord will give gifts to you. Gifts to you. So this is how well we overcome evil with good. This is how we overcome evil with good. You don't carry out any human or worldly acts of vengeance on your own. Do not, do not go for a fight. Do not, you know, you know, scheme out a, a group of, um, scheme out a, a, a kind of um, a strategy where you send out people to go and meet that fellow. Do nothing on your own. Do nothing on your own. Be still and know that your Lord is God. Hallelujah. But then, is it the will of God? For vengeance, does God approve? I mean, does God support vengeance? Does He actually carry out acts of vengeance? That is it the will of God that when somebody inflicts hurt and 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 pain and and uh, kind of uh, shame upon you, the Lord will carry out same or even more against that person at His own time? Is that the will of God? Is that the will of God? Does God do it? Let's look at a few scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 6. He says, It is right with God to repay affliction with affliction. He says, For God, other version says, For God is just. You will pay back what people do unto them. You will pay back what people do unto them. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6 states it clearly that it is right with God. That is the the, the, the the rightness of God to repay evil for evil. So it is clearly the will of God. When somebody does it, he does it back. Romans chapter 2 verse 6. Romans chapter 2 verse 6. It says God repays evil to everyone for whatever they have done. Sorry, God, let me put it right. God repays everyone for whatever they have done. Not God repays evil. If you, if you do good, God will repay you with good. If you do evil, God will repay you with evil. But then God repays everyone for whatever they have done. Romans chapter 2 verse 6. God repays everyone for whatever they have done. So it is the will of God. It is God's distinctive will 
clear enough will that whatever people do, he will repay them. If they do good, they do it for themselves. If they do bad, they do it for themselves. There is time for repayment. Glory to God. Psalm 62 verse 12. The same thing he said there. He repays according to everyone's deed. Psalm 62 verse 12. God repays according to everyone's deed. God repays according to everyone's deed. Job chapter 34 verse 11. According to a man's ways, he brings consequences. According to your will, you bring consequences. Job chapter 34 verse 11. According to the ways of everyone, he will bring to them their consequences. Whatever way you are going, whatever way you are, you are, you are, you are, you are living, whatever, whatever way you are living with your neighbors, according to this ways, Job chapter 34 verse 11 says, God will bring you consequences. I'd like us to read something else. Now, I'd like us to read something else from Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. We are rushed fast, 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 fast. We are rushing fast to Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. What the Lord says. He says, Again, easy to read version. But if a person does wrong things, he himself will die. He himself will die. He says, I will not punish a son because of the bad things that his father did. And I will not punish a father because of the bad things that his son does. People who do what is right will receive good things because of that. But bad people will receive punishment because of the bad things they themselves have done. So there are people who think that oh, who are having those ideologies that, okay, eh, maybe I will not suffer for all I'm doing in this lifetime of mine. Maybe my, 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 it, 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 I mean, the, the, the consequences or the sufferings will come upon other generations of mine or other, other, other children or in my generation. No, it's a big no. Whatever good you have done, you receive the reward yourself. It is not going to your father, it is not going to your grandchildren, it is not going to any other relation of yours. You yourself will bear and enjoy the benefits. You will suffer whatever consequence you have to suffer for your good acts or your bad acts. That's what is being said here. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. He says, but if a person does wrong things, he himself will die. I will not punish a son because of the bad things the father did. And I will not punish a father because of the bad things the son, the son does. People who do what is right will receive good things because of that. But bad people will receive punishment because of the bad things that they themselves have done. So you, you, you receive the good things yourself. And you suffer the bad things yourself. Nobody in your family will enjoy it or suffer it on your behalf. Nobody. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. Nobody. Nobody. Let's quickly rush to Colossians chapter 3 verse 25. Colossians 3 verse 25. Colossians 3 verse 25. Whatever things you are doing, do them well. Remember that you are serving the Lord. You are not only serving people. You see? So, the Lord. Then it goes on. It goes on to say, Sorry, I was just reading 23. Let's, let's read straight from 25. It says, Remember that God will punish anyone who does wrong things. He will also judge people correctly, whoever they are. Whoever they are. Colossians chapter 3 verse 25. Let's read it from King James Version. King James Version, 
Colossians 3, 25, the very last verse of Colossians chapter 3. It says, But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So it doesn't matter your affiliations and your relations. I mean, those things are regardless. You can be the son of the president. You can be even a pastor. You can be a prophet. You can be um, a titer. You can be uh, 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 living a holy life now. After you have done the wrong some time past, he says there is no favoritism. Whatever wrong a person does, you receive wrong in respect of that. Colossians chapter 3 verse 25. You receive wrong. And so I, I like you brothers and sisters, this message is not just showing us, giving us confidence and giving us hope that okay, we will finally be restored, we will finally be, be avenged, I mean by God. God will avenge on our behalf, I mean, unto any other person that wrongs us. This message is not just giving us that hope, but that it is also warning us against the ways we live with our neighbors. Because whatever a man does, he or she will be repaid for that. Whatever a person does, there are consequences. So it is not a message a one-sided message where you think okay we are we are we are confiding in you we are giving you expectations of god's acts of vengeance only fine this message is giving you is showing you the light and giving you expectations of god's acts of vengeance but it is also giving us an indirect warning that even if we ourselves do things as such or live anyhow there are consequences there are consequences we need to be conscious of this. Glory to God. Glory. And so this is clearly the will of God that it is right with him to carry out acts of vengeance. It is it is 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 it is his natural you know uh, um personality it is right with his natural personality to carry out these acts of vengeance and that is God for you but then he does it in his own time. It, it, it is interesting to know that God is not rushing about these acts of vengeance. He does it in his own time. He does carry out these acts of... The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 15, it says, the end, at the end, at the end, people will receive corresponding actions for their actions. At the end. So he says at the end, the Bible says the vision speaks, but at the end, and so here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15, the Bible says, at the end, people will receive the corresponding actions for their actions at the end. So God has his own time. That time which he calls the end is there for everybody. That time which he calls the end is there for everybody. That time which God calls the end of times is there for everybody. And when your end of time comes, he says you receive a corresponding action for your actions. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. Glory to God. So God has his own time and you can't rush him. He has his own time. Let's look at something from Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 through to 18. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time, therefore, every purpose and for every work. You see, for, let's, let's read it from um, 
um, Good News Translation. I believe it to be clearer there. Verse 16 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In addition, I have also noticed that in this world you find wickedness where justice and right ought to be. I told myself, God is going to judge the righteous and the evil alike because everything, every action will happen at its own set time. Everything, every action will happen at its own set time. Every action, everything will happen at its own set time. He says, he has told himself that God is going to judge both the righteous and the wicked. But then everyone's action will, will, will be rewarded or will be consequented at its own set time. That's what the, 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 the word is saying over here. That's what the word is saying. Now, let, I'd like us to get a clearer picture. Let's look at it from Amplified. This is um, King James. Let's look at it from Amplified. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 16 reading. Moreover, I have seen understand that in the place of justice there is wickedness. He is saying that there are people who carry out acts of goodness, but then instead of retaining reward of good from the people to whom they carry out goodness, these people in turn are rather inflicting evil and shame upon those who have given them goodness. He says that's what he has realized, that under the sun, people whom you do good to, they rather retain it with evil and shame. That's what the, 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 the man of God is saying here. He says, moreover, I have seen under the sun that in the place of justice, there is wickedness. In the place of good acts, there, there, are, there are evil and shame. In the place of uh, um, uh, good rewards, there are, there, are, there are shames and wickedness. That's what he's saying. And in the place of righteousness, there is wickedness. Instead of me being praised and, and being appreciated for my good works, the people to whom I offer good acts rather retain it with evil. That's what the man is saying over here. He said that's what he has realized. But then in the, at verse 17, he says, I said to myself, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time appointed for every matter and for every deed. I said to myself regarding the sons of men, God is surely testing them in order for them to see that by themselves without God, they are only animals. So he's saying that there is set time for these things. There is a set time for these consequences. There is a set time. There is a set time. That's what he's saying. There is a set time for all this. There's a set time. And reading it from, um, um, let's look at New English Translation. I saw something else on earth. In the place of justice, there was wickedness. In the place of fairness, there was wickedness. I thought to myself, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. For there is an appropriate time for every activity. And there is a time of judgment for every deed. So there is time for judgment. God carries out his time of joy. I mean, God carries out his acts of vengeance at his own time. You can't rush him. The fact that those who offended you are now relaxing and are enjoying and are going about their activities as if they have no, you know, uh, 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 suffering awaiting them doesn't mean that God is not doing anything. He has his own time to avenge. He has his own time. It doesn't matter. The Bible says, the Bible says that the thief steals a food. At first, the food tastes delicious in his mouth. But later on, that same food that tasted delicious becomes a gravel and he has to spit it out. So the, the Lord has his own time. For now, your offenders, those who hurt you, those who harm you, those who actually, you know, shamed you somehow, those who disappointed you after doing them good, he says, relax. God has his own time of carrying out these acts of vengeance and he will never delay. 
He has his own time. He has his own time. That's what the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15, and in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 16 through to 18. God has his own time of vengeance. Never forget and never think you can rush him. Never. The way he does it, he does it in his own ways and at his own pace, living. What is certain is that he's, he's, he's surely carrying out these acts of vengeance for you. He's surely avenging for you, but at his own time. At his own time. Sometimes they are, they, 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 the wicked things after they have done you wrong, they can go about enjoying their lives and they are enjoying. Indeed, they are enjoying now. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9. Let's look at something there. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9. Let's look at something there. You see how these wicked people think after they have wronged you, they can go about enjoying themselves and there is nothing awaiting them. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9. It says, Rejoice, young man, while you are young. And let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Follow the impulses of your heart and the desires of your eyes, but know that God will judge your motives and actions. He said, but know that God will judge your motives and actions. Reading from King James Version, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9, King James. He says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart and let thy heart share thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. He says, Allow them to live. Let them let, let the young man live. Let, let the young girl live. Let the young people live. Those who are offending you, let them live and enjoy themselves. Let them go about celebrating and rejoicing. He said, but they should know. They should know that for all these things, judgment awaits them and God brings them judgment. Not on the final day of the Lord's second coming. Not on that day. Judgment in earth. In their lifetime, even before the rapture, the Lord brings them. That's what the, the verse is saying. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. If you want a clearer vision, I mean a clearer view on this, you can consider other versions. Let's look at easy to read version. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. It says, So young people, enjoy yourselves while you are young. Be happy. Do whatever your heart leads you to do. Do whatever you want. But remember, that God will judge you for everything you do. I learned this. He says, so young people, enjoy yourselves while you are young. Be happy you do whatever your heart leads you to do. Do whatever you want. In fact, do whatever you want, whether good or bad. Do, just do it. He says, but remember that God will judge you for everything you are doing now. Remember. So allow them, after they have wronged you, allow them to live their lives. They will enjoy, they will celebrate. I see nothing has gone wrong. At the very moment they will forget that they have been wrong, that is when their judgment is brought to God from them, I mean for them. And they will suffer it. They will. Something else from Job chapter 23, verse 8. He says, Job said, I look to the right, I see not his acts. I look to the left, I see no sign of, of the Lord. I look back, I look forward, I couldn't see the Lord. He says, but one thing I've realized is that I know deep within me, deep within my soul, that the Lord is at work. Job chapter 23 verse 8. It says, I cannot see any sign of the Lord that he is present with me. 
while I'm going through all these moments of hurt, while I'm going through all these moments of shame and, and, and wickedness from other people, I, I don't seem to be seeing the, the, the hand of the Lord. I don't seem to be seeing the acts of his vengeance. I cannot see any act of vengeance from the Lord against my enemies. But he says, I know within my heart and within my spirit that the Lord is at work. So he's at work. Why? Because he has his own time of carrying out these acts of vengeance. As we read earlier, he has his own time. Glory to God. He has his own time. And like I said, the Lord multiplies back whatever wrong that was done you to the people. The Lord multiplies it. He does. No wonder he said, if they slap one side of the cheek to you, turn the other side. Because he's going to be multiplied back onto your, 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 your offenders. So you turn, give, give them, give them again and again for them to slap. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But now, how can we facilitate these acts of vengeance? How do we do we expedite it? How do we ensure that God carries out a speedy judgment? Of course, certainly he has his time and he's, he is definitely going to avenge for us. But then there are ways by which we can facilitate it. There are ways by which we can make things fast. There are, there are, there are. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9, he says, he says, my soul longs for you at night. Early morning, my spirit desires, desires you. He says, I wait to see your judgment on this earth. For if it is only when your judgments come upon this earth that the, the, the wicked or the wrongdoers will learn to do right. So, so you see, you can call for God's judgment. The psalmist is saying, um, sorry, no, yeah, that's the uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, prophet Isaiah is saying that he's, he's waiting for his judgment. Isaiah is saying he's waiting for his judgment. Isaiah 26 verse 9, he says he's waiting for his judgment. He said at night, his soul longeth for the Lord. Early morning, his spirit desireth him. He says he is awaiting his judgment. For it is only when the judgment of God comes upon this earth that the wrongdoers or the evildoers or the wicked will learn to do right. So he's patiently waiting for them, for, for his judgment. He's patiently waiting for his judgment. His, his spirit is calling for the judgments of God. His soul is waiting for it earnestly, longing for God's judgment. So, so it is, it is, it is good to long for God's judgment. It is good. And you can facilitate it. You can call for God's judgment. You can call for it. You can call for it. Let's, let's look at something from Psalm 94, verse 1 to 2. Psalms 94, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 94, verse 1 to 2. We are reading, the Lord is a God who punishes people. God, come punish them. You are the judge of the whole earth. Give proud people the punishment they deserve. Easy to, to read version. That's what the psalmist is saying. Look at his prayer. He is calling for God's judgment. He is not just sitting down with his hands, you know, tied at the back and his lips closed. He is expediting God's judgment. Whether he, he, he speaks or not, whether he prays or not, whether he, he, he does anything to call for God's attention or not, God naturally, at his own time, executes judgment and vengeance against his enemies yet he is not keeping quiet he is calling for that judgment he, he wants a speedy execution of god's acts of vengeance and so the psalmist is praying here in psalm 94 verse 1 he says the lord is a god who punishes people he said oh you god you are the one who punish people 
He said, God, come punish them for me. You are the judge of the whole earth. Give these proud people all they, they, they deserve, the punishment that they deserve. He said, give, give them the punishment that they deserve. They deserve. So you see, you, you, you call for God's judgment. You call for it. Either through prayer, you call for it. Either through praise, you call for it. Either through obedience or by seeking the kingdom of God first. These are the ways by which you facilitate God's judgment. You pray, you praise, you obey, and then you serve. You serve. There are several other ways. But these are the very key ways by which we call for God's judgment and we expedite it. So you don't only, you know, desire it as Isaiah is desiring, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9. You don't only pray for it, I mean, kind of utter it as the psalmist puts it. The Lord, you are God. I mean, he says, God, you are, you, are, you are the Lord who punish people. God, come punish them. You are the judge of the whole earth. Give proud people the punishments they deserve. That's what his prayer is in Psalm 94 verse 1 through to 2. But then you can earnestly, more earnestly, more desirously, you know, call for the vengeances of God. In Romans chapter 13 verse 4, Romans chapter 13 verse 4, the Bible says that those that are in authority, those that are in power are God's servants. He said, if you do them wrong, be afraid because they do not bear the sword of God in vain. They do not carry the sword of God for nothing. He said they are God's servant, agents of wrath, to carry out punishment on those that do wrong. Romans chapter 13 verse 4. So you see, in fact, the context of this particular scripture is actually referring to the government of the people. But then, it is not really um, only applicable in that particular regard. We should all remember that Believers as we are, we have been made kings and priests. And the Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. Why? Because we carry power. And so that power is authority. That power is authority. And, and of course we know that the things of the spirit are more than the things of the, of the earth. So if the government who are, that have been instituted by human terms is powerful and whose sentences must be obeyed and, 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 and must be carried out, how much more those of us who are born again kings and priests and that carry divine power? We are, we, are, we are more even in authority than the government. And he says, for the one who is in authority is God's servant, referring to us. We are God's servant. We those who minister the word. We those who are always on the knees, raising our hands, our lifting up our two arms. We those who are always loving the Lord and sowing seeds in his house, always praising him with our lips. Those of us who love the Lord so passionately, those of us who committedly serve in the house of God. He says, know that these people are in authority and they are servants of God. If you do them wrong, he says, be afraid. They are not only in power, they are in power because they are servants of God. So if you do them wrong, be afraid. He said, be afraid because they do not carry the sword. The Bible refers to the sword as the living word. They do not carry God's word. They do not bear the word of God in their mouth for, for, for nothing. They do not carry this word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. They do not carry it in vain. He says, if you do them wrong, be afraid because they do not bear the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit in vain. He says, these people are God's servants and they are agents of God's wrath, God's anger.
to carry out punishments on those that do wrong. Romans chapter 13 verse 4. And so, clearly, we those who are servants of God, who are ministers of God, we those who are, who are, who are servants in the kingdom of God, we are in power. And if you do us wrong, you need to be afraid. You need to be afraid because we carry the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, in our mouth. When we speak, you are in danger. You are, you are in trouble. You are confounded when we speak. In Isaiah chapter 30 verse 31, he says, Assyria is defeated by the voice of God. He said, the road of God will strike them. So you see, when we speak with this sword, when we utter the sword of God from our mouth, as servants of God, every wrongdoer in our life is in trouble. It's in trouble. Because by the road, they are beaten down. Assyria is beaten down. And by the voice of God, Assyria is struck. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, clearly, we call for God's acts of vengeance. We call for it. We call for them. And, and, and if you decide to be quiet, he will still carry it out anyway, but in his own time. However, you can call for it to expedite judgment from the Lord. You can call for it. And how do we call for the, for the judgments of God? Number one is, is prayer. Number one is prayer. In Luke chapter 18, we understand from that parable how that the woman, um, um, a woman came to a judge, an earthly judge, a judge who knew not God. That the judge should help, help him, help the woman avenge, uh, against some of her adversaries for wrongs done. And the woman always or persistently went to the judge, worrying him. According to the parable shared by the Lord Jesus in that particular chapter, Luke chapter 18, he said the judge became fed up and said, mm, even though I know not God, I will avenge for you. Then the Lord Jesus asked, if this earthly judge who knows not God would by reason of being uh, um, worried and disturbed by this woman avenge for her, how much more God himself? He says God himself, if you trouble him, if you worry him, he will certainly avenge for you. He will certainly avenge for you. So you, you need to draw closer to God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. He says, come hither and I will show you what is next. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. He says, soon as you call upon his name, he will answer you. He will show you great and wondrous things that you cannot figure out on your own. He will show you great and wondrous things that you cannot figure out on your own. Soon as you call upon the Lord. He said, he that calls upon the, the name of the Lord will be saved. So you, you, you can go about calling for vengeance yourself. You go about calling for vengeance. Never, never, never withdraw. Never, never withdraw. You call for vengeance. Don't just sit down. If you sit down, it will happen, but at its own time. However, if you want it speedy, you can call for it. Glory to God by praying, by praying, by praying. Another way of calling for the vengeance of God is through praises. Through praises. The Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. In um, um, Psalms 22 verse 3, the Lord inhabits the, the praises of his people. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22 verse 3, he inhabits the praises of his people. So you praise the Lord, you praise the Lord to expedite judgment. It is when you praise the Lord that you rise on his throne and his enemies will be scattered. His enemies that are also your adversaries will be scattered by your praise. 
You praise the Lord early morning. You praise Him in your bed. You praise Him outside. You, you consciously praise the Lord. You passionately praise the Lord. You, you believe so much in His acts, the, the works of His hands, that you all you know is to praise Him. You thank Him. You, you extol Him at midnight, in the day, whatever you find yourself, you talk well about the Lord. And while you do this to the Lord, I tell you, He quickly avenges for you. Psalm 149 verse, uh, let's read something from Psalms 149. Psalms 149 verse 6. Let's read something there quickly. It says, let the people shout praise to God. And with a sharp sword in their hand, talking of the living weight, let them take revenge on the other nations. Let them go punish those people. He says, how do you go about punishing those people? Let people shout praise to God. That's what he's saying. Let's read it from King James. Or first of all, Amplified. He says, let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. So you see, the only way you can execute vengeance, one of the, one of the, 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 the secret ways by which you will execute vengeance upon people through God is by praising the Lord, keeping his praise in your, in your throats. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands. So you don't only keep the word of God, you don't only meditate upon the word of God, you don't only boast in the word of God, while you are meditating, boasting, and, 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 and you know, calibrating and, and, and celebrating the word of God, also ensure that the praises of God remain in your mouth. This way, you expedite his vengeance. You expedite his acts of vengeance. Hallelujah. Psalm 149, verse 6 through to 9, the praises of God, facilitate vengeance from God. And then the final way by which we, 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 we bring about speedy judgment from the law is through obedience. Is through obedience. Exodus chapter 23 verse 22, he says, if you listen and obey these words, if you listen to these words and obey them, even these words that my servant speaks, I will be enemy to your enemies. I will be an adversary to your adversaries. He says, if you listen to all these words and obey them, I'll be an enemy to your enemies and I'll be an adversary to your adversaries. So for you to, 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 to secure God's presence and God's side, for you to get God on your side, you, one thing you need to do is to always obey him. But I, I, I don't really want to say obedience just as in obedience because it doesn't really start from obedience. What starts it is love. Love, because the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 23, I believe you remember that scripture. John chapter 14, verse 23, the Bible says, if you love me, you keep my ways. You keep my commandments. So you, you, you can't obey God without first loving him. It starts with love. If you love me, you keep my commandments. You obey my ways. And, and I will also love you. And my father and I will come make our abode with you. So for you to see the manifestations of God, you need to first of all show him love. Love him passionately, committedly. Love him so wholeheartedly. And when you do, you easily keep his words. You sweatlessly keep the words of God and obey them. And while you obey the, the words of the Lord, he says, if as you listen to these words and you obey them because you first love him, he said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. This way, the Lord will speedily carry out his acts of vengeance for you because he cannot be on your side and you see you lose. 
You cannot have God on your side and be a loser. You cannot have God at your side and be a loser. He will surely avenge for you. Glory to God. So love and obedience secures God's presence at your side and then he will become an enemy to your enemies. According to John chapter 14 verse 23 and Exodus 23 verse 22. Glory to God. In all 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. Let's read something from there quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. It says we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience is complete. Let's read it from King James Version. Let me, let me get it clearer there. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. It says, Casting down imaginations and every high thought or every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So you see, the prazulianta hasuti, it says having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So when your obedience is fulfilled, this is Paul is showing us the way of God. The way of God is this. When your obedience is fulfilled, every other disobedience is revenged. He says, and having in readiness, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 6, and having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is first fulfilled. So when God speaks to you in a particular direction, He says, be still and know that I am God. He says, do nothing. Do everything without complaining or arguing so, so that you may become blameless but pure in this crooked and deprived generation in which we shine our stars. He says, do not murmur, do not complain, do not hold a grudge. If you want to live a long life and enjoy prosperity in this life, he says, hold no grudge with anybody. These are the words of the law. These are the words of the law. He says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so, if God tells you something, you do it, you obey it. He says, after you have obeyed and your obedience is full, then you will revenge every form of disobedience you avenge on your behalf. Glory to God. Glory to God. So this is the way of God. He first looks for your obedience. When your obedience is full or fulfilled, then he goes about avenging every form of disobedience against you. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. So, brothers and sisters, these are some of the ways. And the very last way by which we facilitate vengeance is seeking the kingdom of God. Seeking the kingdom of God. Let, let, let's look at this. Of course, it says it's a very common scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all other things will be added unto it for you, including vengeance. All other things, including vengeance. All other things, including vengeance, will be added unto it for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You, 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 don't, you don't seek for yourself. You don't work for yourself. You don't go about, you don't only focus on your own. The little you can do for God, the little you can do in the house of God, the little you can do if it is winning soul, if it is sharing the gospel, if it is strengthening somebody by the word of God, if it is praying for people, anything you can do for the kingdom, do it. 
And as you seek the kingdom of God this week, it is all other things, including the vengeance you expect from God, will be added to it. Hallelujah. The same thing we already read from Romans chapter 13, verse 4. He said, For the one in power, the one in authority, the minister, is also a servant of God. He says, If you do him wrong, be afraid, because this person does not bear the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, in vain. He says, He is also a servant of God, and He is an agent of God's wrath to carry out punishment on all who do them wrong. So you see, first of all, the person that, that, that carries out, who is, who is serving as an agent of God here in Romans chapter 13 verse 4, the, the one who is, who is carrying out this, you know, who is being or who is um, seen as an agent of wrath here for God to carry out this acts of vengeance is a servant. First of all, we must take note that the person is a servant. Is a servant that is operating in the power of God. It says, for the one in the power of God, the one in authority is a servant. So you must first of all put yourself in that position of serving God. So when you become a servant in authority, then the, 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 the Lord can say of you that for this person, for this so and so, is a servant of mine in authority. If you wrong him, be afraid because he does not be the sword, even the word of God, in vain or for nothing. He says, he is my servant who serves me. He is an agent of wrath that I use to carry out acts of vengeance against those who do wrong. Hallelujah. So first of all, assume a position of serving God and become a servant. Then you operate from that position of power so that the words you carry will be used against enemies of yours as vengeance. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 13 verse 4. Glory to God. Brothers and sisters, these are the very ways by which we execute vengeance through the Lord, by which we facilitate the acts of vengeance by God. These are the very ways. The Bible says in Psalm 68 verse 1 to 3, it says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise by praying. Let God arise by your praises. Let God arise through your obedience. Let God arise through your service unto him and his enemies, even your adversaries and all who did you wrong will be avenged by the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as we obey and carry out these key secrets that we have discovered as those who fear the Lord, the Lord's acts of vengeance in any area of our lives will be seen. We are manifesting as sons of God and these acts of vengeance are speaking for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust you have been blessed by today's episode. We invite you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life if you are not yet born again by saying this prayer with us. O Lord God, I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. I believe he died for me and God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from this day. Through him and in his name I have eternal life. I am born again. Thank you Lord for saving my soul. I am now a child of God. Hallelujah.
Congratulations, you are now a child of God. Brethren, to receive more information on how you can grow as a Christian, please get in touch with us through any of the contacts mentioned. Class 233-24033-7585 or plus 233-201772820. And now, Nathaniel Bassey sends us off with his song, Hallelujah A. God richly bless you. Stop.